0: this is around the rim with La China Robinson.
1: Hello basketball fans, we're back. That's right, your ESPNW Women's Basketball Podcast Around the Rim is back. We took a little break after the NCAA Women's Basketball season, but I would I'm excited to announce that I'm back, La China Robinson, your host and my fantastic and fabulous producer Hi, Foster Brasby. How are you, Tarika?
2: I'm wonderful. We're here.
1: Yay! (laughs) So, Tarika and I have been in the lab. Um, We've got lots of things we're going to roll out um, in this kind of next phase of Around the Rim. We're excited. We've got some announcements to make today. So, we will have a State of the Podcast address in a moment. But you will want to lock in for this entire episode because we have the one and the only... That's right, guys. Angel McCarty. I was like, Atlanta Dream Forward.
2: What? I was like, oh my God, it like it, like is somebody gonna pop out and say who it is? <laughs> <laughs> Look, am I supposed to say who like, it is? You know,
1: I, see, I didn't have a little drum roll, so I had to like be dramatic, you yes. know? <laughs> um so no, Angel McCarthy is not only back in the WNBA after taking a rest last season, but she's gonna be on our podcast today. So you'll wanna stay tuned for that. Tariqa and I will also wrap up the WNBA draft. We did not do a draft podcast, so we'll just kind of talk through uh, the results of the drafts, kind of some highlights for us so you guys know how to connect what has happened in the college season to what you're getting ready to see in WNBA. And we'll talk a little bit about Adam Silver, who made some interesting comments about the WNBA, its potential growth, and where the league may need to go from here from a marketing standpoint. So we have a lot to get to, but instead of doing my clipboard, which I would normally do with this part of the show, this is going to be a state of the podcast address. So we are going to start with a recap of kind of where things ended with college season, and then Tariq and I are going to fill you in on some initiatives that we hope to jump on board with as we pick up with the WNBA season, now, that's, that's probably the first place to start. So um, we've kind of decided that if we're going to be the women's basketball podcast, we've got to be the women's basketball podcast. So this summer is not just going to be WNBA. We are going to start just covering women's basketball. So that could be AAU. That could be college season during the summer. That could be WNBA during college season. We felt a little compartmentalized um, in the way that we have done our podcast in the past. So though we will focus heavily on the WNBA, one of our goals coming into this was to connect fans of all levels, right? We want college fans. We want AAU, NAIA, international fans. We want everyone for women's basketball to come together and support each other. So we thought our podcast should reflect that. So that's kind of um, one of the changes for Tariq and I. But just to take you back, the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament was fantastic. Tariqa and I were on hand. Thank you to everyone Mm -hmm. who listened to our live podcast. Um, We hope to do that more often. We had some great people helping us out. We had Stevie lining up our guests, Tariqa. Um, Sarita Cobb was on hand. It was a fun experience.
2: It was tons of fun. And we had some... Wonderful fans come out and support us. So many faces that we see and talk to you on Twitter. We finally got to connect with them personally. So that was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, it was just a different energy. Like the fans got to ask questions. We got to hear your voice. You know, Tariq and I listen to each other every week, right? Mm-hmm. But we do want to find ways that we can incorporate our fans' voices. And obviously, we had some great guest coaches and players. So that was a lot of fun. But the the Final Four in Columbus was the best. I'm claiming it. I'm calling it out, the best Final Four ever for women's college basketball. We had two overtime games, two buzzer beaters, um, including the national championship game. Thank you to Louisville, Connecticut, Mississippi State, Notre Dame, who ultimately won the championship. Muffet McGraw, short rotation, injured, beat up, um, underrated, and yes, the Fighting Irish came out with the National Trophy, and Arike Agumbawale came out a star. I mean, she's been on Ellen. She's been on Dancing with the Stars. Mm -hmm. She's really been uh, putting women's basketball on her back from a marketing standpoint, integrating our sport into some mainstream areas, which only helps our growth. So congratulations to Arike. She still has another year of school, guys, so don't worry. Um, She'll be back with Notre Dame and then in the WNBA draft next year. And speaking of the WNBA draft, which we'll get into later, Asia Wilson, we didn't get to give her any love, but Tarika... She cleaned up on every National Player of the Year award. I mean, the Wooden, the Wade, the WBCA, the AP, the ESPNW, the Around the Rim, if we had one. Some of those are the same. (laughs) But, I mean, she
2: just, she owned it. She owned it, and she owned the stage this past weekend because she graduated from South Carolina. She looked amazing, and she's just the epitome of what women's basketball is all about. I just absolutely love Asia.
1: Yeah, she's fantastic. And um not to mention she's been killing it in the Las Vegas Aces mm-hmm. preseason game. So her adjustment, um, well folks, it's going pretty well. Um so in terms of our state of the podcast address, you know, we've already talked about the fact that we want to integrate all levels, so we'll do that more often here on Around the Rim. But, you know, one of the goals in, in for women's basketball is to take our fans from casual to avid. Research has shown that women's basketball just has more casual fans than some of the other major sports, um, in particular the WNBA. So we need to move the casual fan to Avid, like you see with the NBA or you see, uh, you know, with other major sports leagues, NFL and things like that. So um, we're going to do more educating. And that's what we wanted to do with this podcast anyway, right? We wanted to tell stories. We wanted to educate, entertain, um, inform women's basketball fans and even potential fans. So um, I want to start this off by telling anyone who thinks they may be interested in the WNBA um, season or, or being more engaged during WNBA season, it starts this weekend. Woo! It actually starts Friday. So we're really, really excited about the league kicking off. And a couple things you can do. Become a season ticket holder. Follow your favorite players and um, favorite media folks on Twitter and social media, which another thing that Tariq and I are going to do is every episode, starting with our next episode, we're going to showcase a different media platform on every podcast. So we've got tons of new avenues in which you can follow your favorite team, your favorite player, or just the league in general. We're excited about new avenues. We're excited about even some people who have been covering women's basketball that probably haven't gotten enough love. So we're going to start to showcase um, someone different every week, just so we can hopefully help to get some people in their great work out there. Um, another suggestion is connect with other fans. It doesn't have to be lonely. There are a lot of fans on Twitter. Uh, Make sure you're engaging in your local team's events and whatever they're doing in your market. Um, Parents, get your young girls to games. And this is one thing I'm excited about in connection with what the WNBA just launched. They launched an initiative called Take a Seat, Take a Stand, and it's for women and girls during the 2018 season. It's a new empowerment program that enables fans to support um, different organizations uh, throughout the season by buying a ticket. And it basically is an organization that somehow feeds, you know, funds, or helps women. Um, it says the WNBA launched today, take a seat, take a stand, new women and girls empowerment program, um, which starts May 18th, which is, again, as I mentioned, Friday, the kickoff of the season. And when you buy a ticket, it will do more to support women's sports, obviously, becoming a fan, but also give you a chance to support several organizations that are changing the game for women. For each ticket purchase, the WNBA will donate $5 to one of six organizations of the fans choosing, in addition to a, to a ticket to send a young woman or a girl to a game
2: isn't that awesome that is so awesome (laughs) yes
1: yes i'm really excited about that so you can check out more information about this or www.wnba.com backslash take a stand but i I just love this because in our current climate you know There's a movement, right, Tarika, whether it's Me Too or, Mm -hmm. you know, some of the different things we're seeing happening across our country, not specifically related to sport necessarily, but for two women and also for women. There seems to be this energy. And why not? Why not the WNBA capitalize on the fact that they have such great role models in this league to serve as, um, you know, that example for young women?
2: And more importantly, it's just the WNBA continuing to do what it's always done, which is getting in the forefront of many issues that we are seeing or facing. And this is just another way that they're showing that, they, you know, that they that they do this, that they they get ahead of things. And uh, we're excited about it.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's a great point. Being socially aware, which the WNBA doesn't get the credit, but they've often been the leader when it comes to social activism. You know, thinking back to the Minnesota Lynx Mm -hmm. and and even the L.A. Sparks last year, leaving the court for the anthem. And so um, these women have been in the trenches and uh, it's great because they're strong. They're inspiring. They're charismatic. They're brilliant women. Why not? Why shouldn't they be the role model for your young girls, Mm -hmm. even if they don't love basketball? because they're more than just what we see on the court. But anyway, so, um, and, and kind of connecting that brings me to another point for Tariq and I in terms of where we want our podcast to be. So we want to continue to grow. We love our audience. Um, please continue to share with your friends. But we want to go after that demographic, that age group, 18 to 34 Um Studies are showing that that age group is not engaged in, in women's basketball, and that's often the age group where those young women have even played in high school um, or have played in college, but they're not watching the WNBA, um, and they're not engaged fans. So. We're going to try to change up our content a little bit, you know, just a little um, to engage that group because we want to keep the fans we've had. But we also want to pull in new fans because we feel like that's part of our responsibility. And that's part of the reason why we started this podcast mm-hmm. is to kind of invite that younger demographic. Um, so I know that's a lot to take in, but hopefully everyone, um, will be in support of the league kicking off, of the changes that we're making to around the rim. These are just a few things that Tariq and I have going on, but we'll share more in the fourth quarter. Um, but with that, we are going to head into the first quarter.
0: First quarter.
2: So, China, um, it's gonna be hard for us to get into Basketball season or WNBA season? If we don't recap at least for a few minutes on what happened during the WNBA draft, true, true,
1: true. know, <laughs> I, and, I, I, and I was on hand. Let me just first and foremost say I, I loved the the backdrop of this year's draft. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was some complaints about last year. Um, you know, folks wanting the whole jersey presentation and um, it, was, it was maybe a smaller kind of crowded venue. Well. Uh, Lisa Borders and company really did it big this year at the Nike headquarters, which is significant because if you haven't heard, Nike is now the new official apparel company for the WNBA and the NBA. So, uh, nice to be in their company. So, the overall event was great. But what are you wondering about, Tarika? What can I help you with?
2: Well, first, I have to say that as you were just mentioning uh, about growing our game and getting more people in interested and in, and in, in bringing in new fans. This year, a lot of new fans or maybe even just more fans who decided to get more engaged really turned out uh to watch the the WNBA draft this year. As a matter of fact, uh, the audience was up 25 percent this year over last year. So it aired on ESPN2 and ESPNU and both of those combined. Uh, over 212,000 viewers, which is amazing. In fact, it's the highest view draft since 2014. So it could be because we had so many awesome players from this year's college ranks to transfer over, uh, Guys like Asia Wilson and Victoria Vivians and Kia Nurse and Gabby Williams and all these amazing players that I know a lot of fans wanted to continue to follow in their professional careers, which is something that we want to do. We want to continue to to bridge that gap between college and WNBA. So this was a great start in order for us to do that with having so many people attentive to what was going on this year in the WNBA draft.
1: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And this is a common theme that we're seeing. The game is growing, people, Um, like it or not. So the ratings were up. ESPN does a fantastic job. You know, we're con- continuing to see that trend, whether it's the WNBA getting more social engagement or the viewership up for the draft. And what I love about it is that these draftees are bringing in their own fans. Mm-hmm. Like, they've got followers on social. Imagine if Sue Bird or... Uh, even Candice, when she first got into the league, or Diane Taurasi, or Tina Thompson, or Cheryl Swoops, or Rebecca Lobo, had social media. Um, you know, and were able to give the fans some insight into who they are and their interests off the court. And I think this particular draft um, year, this group, they have done a, a great job of that. So it, w- it was wonderful to see the numbers up.
2: It definitely was, and so um, I had <laughs> quite a. Quite a few questions in the beginning, um, specifically with some players in the positions that they went in. But for the most part, I think that most teams did a great job of putting themselves in decent position for this upcoming season. Um, I personally thought that Chicago did an excellent job with having the number three and number four pick, um, taking on Diamond DeShields and Gabby Williams. I think they've added athleticism to their roster, um, plus the potential for Diamond DeShield to be an an amazing score this year, a big-time score. Everyone's excited to see her because they didn't get to see her last year at Tennessee. Um, I just think she's going to be a star, and I think it's going to be interesting to see how she's going to fit with Gabby and then Elena Coates, who in some ways is, is like a rookie because she didn't get to play last year. So I'm excited for that team. And then having an opportunity to meet and talk to Amber during the Women's Final Four, I'm just really excited to see what they're going to bring um, and so I want to know, what what do you think or who which is a team that you think put themselves in the best position to be successful based off the draft?
1: Well, first of all, I agree with you. Um, I totally agree with you. I mean, when you think about adding Elena Coates back into the fold this year, they have – three lottery picks Right, they're <laughs> adding to their roster, which is fantastic, um, to a, a Chicago team that was already strong. Now, yeah, they lost Cappy Pondexter and Jessica Breeland, but the level of talent, they don't have a ton of experience on this team. I mean, they do with, obviously, and Stephanie Dolson. They, they've got Quigley. You know, they've got some pieces, mm-hmm. but um, looking at those three players that we just talked about, it, the talent level is what excites me. So I agree with you on that. You know, I think every team pretty much got what they needed or what they wanted. You know, the Aces getting to Asia Wilson, which we pretty much knew was going to happen. Um, it's just fantastic. I mean, for a new franchise in a, in a new city, I mean, they aren't totally a new franchise because they're coming from San Antonio, but You want a player that can build community, that is a leader, that is a great personality, that can be the cornerstone of of your organization. So that's great. Um, Indiana, we weren't sure, Mm -hmm. right? Like, they had some options, but Kelsey Mitchell uh, has been fantastic. I mean, you you cannot complain at all about um, Indiana betting on a player that has shown that she can be unstoppable in scoring the basketball um, second now on the list in NCAA all-time leading scoring history. So they take Kelsey Mitchell. They're still looking for their next Tamika Catchings. Yes, they have... Uh, Candace Dupree, but they lost beyond January. So they need more franchise-level stars. We'll find out if Kelsey Mitchell is that. Um, the other team that stood out to me, though, I would say is the Dallas Wings. You know, when we found out that Azrae Stevens would be declaring for the WNBA draft, we knew somebody was going to get lucky. Because right. Because all of a sudden, you throw basically a lottery pick-level player, um, you know, into into the draft, and so somebody's going to drop right right um and so I, i'm really excited for fred williams because what she can do in her size i think we forgot that you know we were once comparing her to, to kevin durant her her role was a little bit different in connecticut but her face-up game with her size um you know at six 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 five it's just it's limitless so um Her and also, obviously, Liz Cambage coming back as major for Dallas. So those pieces, and, you know, that wasn't through the draft, but gosh, Fred Williams has a complete
2: team and a roster that I I really think is strong. And just to piggyback something that you said um, regarding Kelsey, too, The fact that she's coming from Ohio, and we mentioned, you know, players bringing their own fans from Ohio to Indiana, I think that's important for a rookie and for a new player to be able to have that support. And I just have no doubt that she's going to have that in Indiana, that a lot of those Ohio State fans are going to become brand new Indiana Fever fans and and travel well to see her and see her play.
1: Yeah, no doubt. And, and, you know, the Fever also got very fortunate getting Victoria Vivian's. Mm -hmm. I thought. Um, that Washington was going to snag her up. They went with Ariel Atkins, who's been having a fantastic camp and seems to be all that and more for Mike Tebow um, in terms of the pick there. But um, yeah, I, I think uh, I think everybody pretty much got what they needed
2: glad you brought up Ariel Atkins because I was just going to ask you which pick do you think surprised you the most? Because to me, that was the pick that I that I was surprised by. Um I love her defensive presence. I love her ability to shoot the three. But I'm just, I wasn't sure that I would have picked Ariel Atkins at number seven considering who was still left on the board. I mean, there was still Kia Nurse on the board. There was still Victoria Vivians on the board. So I, I think that he went the right route by picking a guard. But I was surprised that Ariel went as high as she did, considering who was still left. Who do you think surprised you the most?
1: Um, definitely Atkins. But you know, one thing that Mike Tebow told me that Tina Thompson told him was that one player she could obviously she coached her at Texas. Congrats, Tina's now the head coach at UVA. We need you on the podcast, right? Um, but one player that she compared her to in terms of effort and just. Um, athleticism and, um, you know, just how she goes all out the game was Tamika Catchings. I mean, once Tina Thompson says that she reminds her of Catchings in those areas, not saying she is Catchings, but we all know that the effort award of all time goes to Tamika Catchings, right? And that in Indiana, Has never been favorable in the draft since catchings until this year, but it's been her residue, her leadership, her blue collar work ethic that has gotten them a WNBA championship and more. So when Tina Thompson says that, then if I'm Mike Tebow, I'm like, yeah, Mm -hmm. and I feel like Washington needs a dog. Like they, that's one thing. I watching them last year. I'm like, they need a dog. Like they need a player who is just going to relentless, all out, make momentum changing plays. And it could end up being a rookie. We'll we'll watch and see. But. We enjoyed the draft. We hope you enjoyed the draft. We'll continue to talk about it, um, you know, throughout our next few episodes of Around the Rim. So that was just a little light work. But uh, we wanted to at least bring you up to speed to where we are right now, the WNBA season. And now with that, we are going to head into our feature, our second quarter guest, none other than Angel McCawtry.
0: Second quarter, Players Perspective.
1: Alright fans, it's the second quarter and when you talk about big time WNBA news, you have to start at the very top. And that is with the big returners. And no one bigger in returning to the WNBA this season than the woman we happen to have on the line and that's none other than Atlanta Dream forward Angel McCautry. Welcome to the show, Angel. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for having me. It's only the second quarter. I know. I know, right? I'm ready ready for the fourth quarter. (laughs) Okay, you're always ready. That's your turn-up time. You know what I'm saying? You know, Angel, I will say this. You and I have been together since your first year of the league. I've been covering the dream. And you love when a game is tight. Why is that? Why is the fourth quarter overtime? Like, why is that your favorite part of the game?
3: You know what? I love those challenges. I accept those challenges. I think that's some of the most funnest times, um, you know, on the basketball court. You know, just trying to figure out how to finish out a game. You have your opponent against you. They're trying to figure out their strategy. I think that's an uh, amazing thing to try to accomplish. So I can't wait to get back on the court. I've been missing the WCA, especially playing in front of my family and friends. So um, I definitely can't wait.
1: Well, you mentioned missing the WNBA. Everyone is so excited to have you back. But just give us some insight into what did you learn about yourself, about, you know, the league from the outside looking in. Like, what kind of revelations did you have during your time off? I
3: had a lot of revelations. Um, I got to see what it was like to just be an average person, an average Joe, um, you know, just around town. And um, I just think that looking at the WNBA from the outside, um, it was exciting to watch. I think that we just still need to work on some of the um, fan attendance. There was a lot of times I, I wouldn't know when the games were, you know, when they came on TV or anything like that. So I just think that um we have to grow as a league with that situation because people want to watch the games. People want to know when the NBA is going on. People will ask me, hey, what is the next game? When is it coming on TV? So, and, you know, I would let them know. Like, um, I think you could check on Fox Sports or whatever <laughs> channel, but We have to be sure, and we have to know. You know, I want the people out here to know when every game is, just like they do the NBA games. I'm very passionate about that.
1: You know, it's interesting you bring that up, Angel, because if fans don't know, Angel has always, always been passionate about attendance. Going back to her days at Louisville, there's a great story. I I remember you telling about, you know, just the different facilities there, and you wanted to pack the house, and you made this promise that before you left, but... (laughs) But um there was some interesting comments recently by Elena Deladon and also Adam Silver. Both were talking about, you know, WNBA and what we need to do, and especially when it comes uh-huh. to young women watching, like young women between the ages of 18 and 34. So, Deladon saying they need to get to know us more, um, you know, as as people. Adam Silver saying we may need to move the season to the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not marketing to young women. What what do you think? about about those different takes on how we can get more butts in the seat?
3: Well, first off, I do agree with della Deladon is saying. I think that, for example, people know LeBron James, right? But they don't know him personally. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So people mm-hmm. don't know us. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They don't feel like mm-hmm. they know us. But we all feel like we know LeBron, even though we don't know him personally. People I meet that that find out I'm a basketball player, they want to come to the games. they want to interact. They're excited about what I do. You know, I'm, I know I could be at a luncheon. Um, you know, or at a banquet and there could be doctors and lawyers sitting next to me people that save lives every day but people are only asking me questions oh do you travel the world How? you know they're interested but they just have to know us and once they actually get to know us without really knowing us um, then I think that'll raise the attendance a lot more people just want to know they don't kind of it's kind of one of the things you don't know what you don't see so if they yes. see us more if they get to know who we are as individuals they'll come They'll be glad
1: to come. Yeah, that's a great point. And I know one of the challenges is that hey, y'all go away for seven months of the year. We're still teaching people this, right? They're like, "Well, how come we don't care about the WNBA?" Then we're like, "Okay, they play for five months of the year, and then they they play overseas for seven months." You just got back Mm -hmm. from from Russia. Get, if, if there's a fan listening, what is that life like overseas, you know, and, and how taxing it can be to play all year long, but how is overseas different for a player other than there's more money? Um, how's it different for you than playing in the WNBA?
3: Um, it's a lot different. I think, um, of course, culturally it's different in another country. <laughs> different language, different food, everything, you know. Um, and I think the rules, some of the rules over there are a little different. And I get a lot – people say, like, oh, are you not playing the W-A anymore when they see them overseas? I'm like, no, we play overseas after the W-A. So I have to explain that a lot. So people really don't know what we're doing on the off offseason. Um, but, you know, besides the money issue, it is a lot different just culturally and it's a lot different not playing in front of your family and friends every day. But I think it's a great experience to have as well to, to who gets to, you know, kind of live in another country. Like not just visit, it's kind of different visiting a country, but to live there, you really, really get to see um, some different things and really get to get in tune with the culture.
1: Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm always just so in awe of the fact that you guys basically live another life for seven months. You adjust (laughs) to different foods. I mean, there's translators sometimes involved when you need them. I know you've been fortunate to have NECA, Epiphany Prince, you know some consistency recently on your yeah. team sometimes players end up on two different teams in one season sometimes you don't have yep. other americans in a lot of different situations like that so uh, definitely yep. yeah definitely tip my hat now let's talk about the, the team this year you got a new head coach with a dream nikki Collins. which mm-hmm. you guys go back a little bit talk about your relationship and then kind of <laughs> what you're looking forward to most with the new head coach
3: well, um, yeah, I know Nikki Kyle and Her husband was my head coach in Louisville for my first two years in college. Um, so I got to know her a little bit there. Um, of course, I lost touch a little bit after they left. Um, but when they heard her, I was like, oh, my God, I know her. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I wanted to see what the dynamic would be like. And Nikki's been great. Um, when I was overseas, she, she texted me every week, checking on me, seeing how I'm doing, checking for injuries. She wants to know. And she said, I want to have a great dialogue with all my players, I want to know all the injuries you guys have, what's going on, what's going on in your life. And I wasn't used to that. I'm like, you want to know like how I'm feeling? Like, so it shows that she cares about us outside of the court. She doesn't just care about me scoring 30 points on the basketball court. She cares about me as a person. She cares about Angel McCarthy, my ups and downs. I'm going through my hurts and pains. And I think that makes a true, true championship type coach. So she's yeah. been great. We love her. And I cannot wait to be coached by her this weekend.
1: Yeah, I know. I mean, she's, you know, she comes in with a great reputation from everything she did with Connecticut. She on the college level, but... This is an interesting group, you know, as you mentioned, Nikki's already doing great things. I've been to some practices. There just feels like a different energy, but you're getting ready to get your first run playing with Brittany Sykes. You know, this team Mm -hmm. had all all the all-stars. I mean, I know you're not used to having that many all-stars on the team with you, but then you add (laughs) Renee Montgomery, Jessica Breeland. What do you feel like is maybe different or special about this group that you're getting ready to play with this season?
3: I think that we have a lot of help this season. Um, you know, I think a couple, my first couple of seasons, um, when I was an officer, I was there by myself and I was kind of upset. Like, dang, everybody else can laugh and joke with their teammates at all. I was like, I don't have nobody to joke with on my side. You know what I mean? From Atlanta. So I'm glad that that's happening now. That shows the growth of the, the program. Um, I think that that is great. I mean, I'm just really excited, really. I just can't wait to get out there. Yeah. You got to You know, Hayes. Sunday, Sunday can't come fast enough.
1: <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know. You got Tiffany Hayes and Laysha Clarendon, Elizabeth Williams, so many different pieces. Now, do you feel different since you took the time off, Angel? Like, do you feel different coming into this season? Like, how may we um, see that play out?
3: The only, only difference I really feel is that, um, you know, everything's fresh and new. We have new coaches. All the players are new. Um, I think the only the only player I really play with is Tiffany Hayes. So it does feel different. It feels like I, I, I'm coming in, I took a year off, and I'm coming into a freshman vibe. And and that's a good thing, you know. Um, we're all learning each other. Some teams have played with each other for years. So it's going to take us some time to gel because we're all learning each other. But I'm telling you, once we get that, that, that chemistry going, <laughs> and once we all figure each other out, it's going to be – it's over.
1: <laughs> right. Well, That'll we know what you – we know what you bring to the table. I mean, you started off rookie of the year. You've been a four-time all-star. You've been scoring champion several times, steals leader. Do you feel pressure at any point to win the MVP? Like that's the the one thing you haven't done. Is that on your to-do list?
3: I mean, I feel like it is what it is. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm always going to play my hardest and get my all. It's not something that, you know, I'm so concerned about. I'd rather have a, um, if, if I had to choose, I would rather have a W-A championship, let's put it like that. I'd rather check off WNBA championship on my bucket list than an MVP because at the end of the day, if I won an MVP, it's not because of me. It's nothing I did by myself at the end of the day anyway. So I'd rather win a championship and get a ring on my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so I no pressure there right. at yeah. all. <laughs>
1: I get that. I get that. T, I know that they had the GM survey that came out uh, today. What were the GMs saying about, the WNBA GMs saying about Angel?
2: Not only did they uh, say that, first off, you finished a top of the manager's poll in several different categories, but I think the ones that stood out the most was uh, most dangerous in the open floor, which no argument for me and best player at creating her own shot. And not only that, but your team as a whole was actually voted as the most improved team. Um, so that, mm. when you think about all of the, the, the players that you guys have added, which you just spoke about, you know, what are some of the things that you think are going to make this team um, different or why they feel like, you know, most improved from last year? What's going to, what do you think is going to be that thing that really pushes you guys over the hump this year that obviously the general manager saw uh, coming into this season?
3: Oh, that's, that's awesome that we're ranked those in those categories. (laughs) I think that um, we're going to be a very athletic team. We're known for being great in the open court, but we were not known for being great in the half court. So I think this year we'll be great in both you know, open court and half court, which can be very dangerous. And I think if we really use our athleticism on defense, we really can create some good things out there and really make it exciting to watch.
1: Yeah. Angel, you got a lot going on and off the court too now. You got your your ice cream shop, which I have personally mm-hmm. tasted the ice cream. It is so good. I'm okay, so jealous. I'm, Thank you. I, I love that. <laughs> you've, you've produced your own music in the past. Um, and you also <laughs> got a new little deal with Adidas. So that was, so what, tell me about, you know, just those different areas and some updates with Angel, um, you know, off the court. Well,
3: yeah, the um, ice cream shop is going well. well. I'm about to um, start the um, the Ice Cream Foundation, giving back to the youth and kids, the under-present um, kids, so I'm excited about that. I'm um, nice. you know, just excited to be able to get jobs to the community. We just did something uh, where young entrepreneurs came into the ice cream shop. They learned how to make ice cream. And they learned everything it took behind the scenes um, to have their own business. So I'm glad that we're doing getting involved in different you know, things like that. Um, as so far as we look at history, I'll take a little break from that. Uh, I'm going more into a direction of TV and producing. As, as oh. you guys notice, a lot of the NBA players they have uh, their own content and their own production company, so I'm getting more involved with it with that. Nice. Uh, nice. <laughs> so everything is going well, and I'm you know just starting with Adidas. So like I told y'all, you know the comeback is just everything fresh and new, fresh and new. So, so I'm excited. What was-
1: what did you like about Adidas? Because they seem like they're out here sucking people up, man. They, they are they,
2: really they grabbing roster. WNBA, though. They, they got your oh, name That's out. what I'm like, saying. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: what, what was attractive I mean, to you about Adidas? I mean, no no disrespect to Nike. I've been with them since I came in the league. Um Eileen has done a great job with Nike and getting the girls. And, you know, they believed in me, and they've stuck by me for a long time. Um With Adidas, it was just trying something new, trying something different. Um, you know, I want to see what they can do creatively uh, for my brand. And they've been going to break out with some of the other girls' brands. Um, so I think that um, it's something definitely to try out. And I'm excited to be a part of my Adidas
1: suit right now. <laughs>
0: Going off hey,
1: so can we get I'm excited. Can, we, can we get some kicks? Can me and Tariqa I'm get saying. some. Agitas? Can we like, be we about tried? that three oh, yeah. strike life? Oh yeah. oh yeah, well I got y'all. <laughs> <laughs> we got y'all. Well, Angel, we appreciate your time. We're excited that you are back and uh can't wait for the WNBA to tip off this weekend. Good luck to you, your team, and uh we'll see All you right. soon. Thank you. I'll see you guys soon. I appreciate it. Thanks for having Thank me. Thank you, Angel stay right where you are because coming up after the break, we're going to give you a chance to weigh in on some interesting comments from Adam Silver. Also, keep in mind, you can download our podcast. You can subscribe to Around the Rim to make sure you get it first. How do you do that? You can go to the ESPN app on the Listen tab. You could also Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, or if you have an Android, the podcast app. You know that little purple logo? Yes. <laughs> you can join us there um, and by subscribing to Around the Room. And also, please remember comment, review, questions. We want it all from you. And we're going to tell you in the fourth quarter a way that you can start to be a bigger part of the show. So after the break, we'll be right back with more. <laughs> Hey, basketball fans. So it's the third quarter and we want to have a little bit of a discussion with our listeners. So um, a few weeks ago, Tariq, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago now, Adam Silver was on Get Up, which is an ESPN show. And he was having a conversation with Michelle Beadle. It's a show that features Michelle and um, and Greeny and, and Jalen Rose. But Michelle wanted to get Adam Silver's thoughts on the WNBA in particular. Here's what he had to say. We saw a story, was it a week ago or two, the G League guys, a little more money in the pot, getting a bit of a raise. Um, Same week, we happened to have Rebecca Lobo on, and she enlightened me as to what the realistic salary of a WNBA, even the top, top level of them are. What can we do? How can we get these women a bigger chunk of that pie and get them paid?
0: By growing the business, I mean, that the the WNBA players are still paid significantly more than the G League players, certainly the the top players, but ultimately this is not a Title IX issue. This is a business issue, and, and we still have a number of teams losing money. I mean, I appreciate the support of ESPN. They've been great with the WNBA. You know, Lisa Borders, relatively new commissioner. She's doing a wonderful job. But, you know, we we haven't figured out a winning formula, to be quite honest. I mean, we have a lot of empty seats in our buildings. The ratings have been decent on ESPN. It's been harder to get people um, to come to the games. It may be because the games are in the summer. One of the things we're talking about, do we need to shift to the so-called more natural basketball season, sort of in the fall and winter? That may be part of the issue. I'm particularly frustrated that we've been unable to get young women, girls, to attend those games. It's interesting. Women's basketball is largely supported just in terms of demographics by older men for whatever reason who like fundamental basketball. And, and it's something I've talked a lot to the players about and and including Rebecca when she was a player. She was active in the union and now on television. It's that we're not connecting with almost the same demographic that our players are, I'm always saying our players are roughly, let's say, you know, 21 to 34 in, in that age range. I'm saying, why do you think it is that we're not getting your peers to want to watch women's basketball? So, I, in a way, I think it's it's a it's a good problem to have in that. I think the the game looks fantastic and it's it's amazing where the league now is from over twenty years ago when it launched, but we still have a marketing problem. And we're we're and we gotta figure it out. we got to figure out how we can do a better job connecting to young people and to get them to be interested in women's basketball.
1: So obviously a lot to unpack there and you can see why Tariq and I uh, were having the discussion at the beginning of the show in our stated podcast address about um, growing the game and where can we grow the game? What's the demographic? How are we reaching them? So we want to hear from you and Tarika. We have two new ways that fans can get in touch with us. We'll talk a little bit more about that in the fourth quarter, but we want to hear your thoughts on what Adam Silver had to say. Email us and Tarika, what's our email address?
2: Email us at around the rim podcast at Gmail. Yes, we have stepped our game up. And we have an email address now.
1: (laughs) Yes, we have an email address. So in the subject line, put Adam Silver or whatever. So we know that that's what you're emailing us about. But we want to know what you think. And we will take some of the thoughts from our fans that send us messages via email and um, use them as discussion points next week when we pick up this conversation. But we have to have these conversations. And I'm glad that Adam Silver shared his thoughts. And now we want to hear yours
2: fourth quarter out of bounds yes fans it is the fourth quarter and around the rim is now officially on twitter so while you can continue to reach out to me at she sports underscore and can continue to reach out to la china at la china robinson you can also reach out to us directly at our new twitter handle at Around the Rim Pod. We are excited to bring this out because we wanted to be able to engage with our fans directly and we didn't want to miss anything that you guys wanted to say, suggest, recommend, any statements, any comments. We wanted to make sure that we had a place that we can centralize our thoughts and yours. So please make sure you are following us at Around the Rim Pod Again, you can reach out to us at around the rim Podcast at gmail.com. So we are taking your emails now as well. And we're just excited. This season, we wanted to make sure that we had more ways to engage with our fans and more ways for our fans to engage with us as well as get as much knowledge as they can on women's basketball. So we're excited. Also, WNBA season kicks off this weekend, and we don't want you to miss it. So... If you are looking for national WNBA games, make sure you are checking out Friday's matchup between Dallas and Phoenix. It's going to be airing at 10 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on NBA TV on Saturday. Also on NBA TV, you can check out the Chicago Sky and the Indiana Fever. That's airing at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And then ESPN2 is kicking off our WNBA season here on Sunday, May 20th. So on Sunday on NBA TV, you'll be seeing the Fever and the Mystics at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. But then switch right on over to us at ESPN2. And that is where you will be able to catch the finals rematch between the Sparks and the Lynx. And I'm super excited about seeing this game unfold and Wondering if we'll get a taste of that. That'd be crazy, right? So, at any rate, thanks so much for checking us out, guys, and continuing to listen to us. Hashtag around the rim on your social media platforms. Continue to support us. We're excited to be back for another WNBA season. And women's basketball in general is on the up and up, and we're just so happy to be a part of it. So, talk to you guys later from the China, from me. Enjoy WNBA kickoff weekend. <laughs>